My name's Rob Kenevan. I'm Ryan Reed. And uh, you're listening to Frontier. So what is Frontier, you ask? Well, we are uh, two front ensemble educators that are looking to pass on the knowledge that we've gained over uh, the 13 years of my teaching. And uh, I've been doing this for about a little over 10 years. Um, and the experience that we've gained over those years doing marching band, drum corps, indoor, basically you name it with front ensembles. And we've, uh, we've taught it and we're just looking to pass that information along to students and future educators and new educators in the front ensemble realm. Yeah, this whole activity is just like, uh, I mean, it's a collective of, it's like a hive mind anyway. And the better any of us become, the better the whole activity can become. From our podcast Frontier, a couple of things that you can expect from us, which we're super excited to get kicking off here. One is we plan to be presenting like instructional or educational videos about how we like to operate our front ensembles or ways that are common or practices that we see to be popular. We plan on using a YouTube channel to kind of show you videos that we enjoy watching or things of front ensembles with you guys that are doing good things and kind of talking about those good things that they're doing. So using a front YouTube channel for those things. Uh, it's going to be cool that we get to share our technique talks and old and new technique and break it down for students so that you know, Jimmy, that is a saxophone player, can come in and learn vibraphone for the indoor season. We're also really excited to try and do some interviews and interview some of our mentors and whatnot and just get other people's perspectives on where Front Ensemble is today in the activity. Also, we hope to keep this, keep the podcast on track with where we are in our current marching season, whether that be WGI, DCI, BOA, marching band, whatever, and keep keep you up to date on current happenings as well as things that you should expect and ways that you can prepare yourself really in your own season. Speaking of prepping yourself, today's topic we want to talk about is show prep. Most of us are getting ready for our first show or just had our first show at uh, for the indoor season and there's things that we can do uh, better. I know I just had my first show with my high school last weekend and we're gearing up for another one this weekend. There's things that I know I can do better um, with that. So we wanna kinda cover some of those topics today for first show prep or things to learn from your first show. Topic one, as you're preparing your kids, cause that's really all about the student's experience here. And it's really up to them to make sure that things are happening going well. Uh, I think personally, uh, the scariest thing for them is going on and off the floor. Would you agree? Disagree? I'd agree. I definitely think that is the most stressful part of the show, especially cause it happens so quick. And it's, it just always feels like such a hurry and always pushing kids to go faster and faster. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, well, you want to run us through maybe a couple of different things that you think are key and essential to preparing for that? Yeah, so I think the first thing I like to do is do <clears throat> basically just a talk through or a walk through of how those logistics work. Um, my goal is always the rehearsal before... Um, the first show or the morning of the first show to kind of set the kids down, 
draw him a picture of, you know, just a rectangle because that's what every gym uh, usually looks like on the gym floor side of things. Um, and kind of give them the idea of we're coming in this door, we're co- going out that door. What kind of timeline is it? Is the horizontal timeline and you get the back of the floor or the front of the floor? Or is the vertical timeline and you get side one or you get side two? Because all of those things will affect how you get into the gym, how you set up, who can set up first. Take, for example, the show uh, that uh, our groups were at last weekend was a horizontal timeline where you got the front side and moved to the back side. Um, so in, in a traditional front ensemble setup, the front ensemble can set up before you ever get time called, which is probably the easiest setup for us. Um, but we're also going into vertical timelines, which is most of the WGI timelines at finals. So you got to know what side you're coming in and what side you're going out. So I always try to sit down with the students and talk to them about those things, talk them through those things. Yeah, I personally, I believe that using your older, more experienced kids to have them help describe these things to younger players also kind of alleviates the stress for the newer guys uh, and gals. And it uh, they can usually offer some sort of an insight that you haven't thought about for years since you were either marching or, um, you know, their own their own way of of describing something that's going to be a little bit easier to catch on to by their peers. And I also like to, when we're going through this stuff, I think giving out individual jobs uh, to each student, making sure each student knows exactly like three things that they need to be thinking about during this like three minute process of hurry up and wait uh, so that, you know, everything can be taken care of in that manner. Yeah. And that's, that's going to help you get on and off easier regardless of direction because in, in front ensemble land, uh, our instruments and our children are usually one-to-one, one student to one instrument. So it's being able to assign jobs. Um, you know, sometimes if you got multiple rack players in the, in the same rack, one's got to push the rack and one's got to drag the bass drum and gone, you know, and going past that and assigning jobs to parents or battery members of how do we get the speakers on and off the floor that kind of thing. Don't don't forget about assigning those kinds of jobs and thinking through that setup before you get to a show and you realized, oh, the speakers are back on the truck because we didn't have anyone to move them. Who like who is plugging in power cable? Who is firing mm-hmm. up computers? Which keyboard players are plugging in microphones, etc., uh, etc. Et Do you have anything to add to that? No, I think the only other thing that I like to think about is is stuff that we'll need on show day. And I try to make a list um, before the show of like things I want to throw in my book bag. So like extra cables, drum keys, um, a USB cable, if you're using software sense, is always a good thing to have. Um, it's just a just a USB A to USB printer cable that you can get for like six bucks at Walmart. I always try to carry two or three of those because you never know when a kid's going to come up and not know where the printer cable is. Also, obviously, you should try to get your kids to check their marimba vibraphone string well before you get to a show. We shouldn't have any sort of crack strings walking in, but it's also good because I know it's embarrassingly happened to me that a kid has busted a string at warm up or on the way into a show mm-hmm. and it's just the worst possible time but 
If you don't have marimba string or extra paracord, it becomes a worse possible time for you. Going along with marimba string, make sure you got those scissors uh, to cut it and uh, a lighter to burn out down the end so it goes through the bars easier. Um, another trick that I've had used to get marimba string through the bars easier is to use a paper clip and basically unfold the paper clip and then shove part of it through the string and then pull the pull the unfolded paper clip through the marimba bars. Um, so that's another good way if you don't have a lighter, don't feel comfortable carrying a lighter. Marimba string never changes as fast as you want it to when you're in a hurry. Sure. <laughs> Preach. Um, and then also thinking about after the show, you're pro you might be going to critique. Uh, you're probably going to want to bring a notepad or may maybe your music so you can take some notes from the judges as you talk to them. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's super important, especially as a director, to have some sort of note-taking system. Um, whether it be a notepad where you can make a plus column and a minus column or just some some notes on your phone, that kind of stuff. But again, the, the critique is super important to us as instructors uh, to help our students, to help prepare our students past the first show. Absolutely, absolutely. Beyond just showing up to the show prepared, once you get to the show, you've got a couple of responsibilities as a pit tech or a director or whatever. You gotta make sure that your kids can make it from the truck to the floor without any hazards. I know I've run into a couple of different door beams or door centers or coming in and out of a certain NFL stadium where you realize your props are too tall to get underneath the bleachers, you know, and crazy. Like, what are you doing that? Well, you, just, you have to make sure that your kids are set up for success before they get there. So one thing that I do, and I do this for every show, not just the first show, but I always try to arrive early enough, whether I'm riding the bus and planning on the bus getting there early, you know, for the kids to use the bathroom and that kind of stuff. And while they're doing that and getting ready for the show, I always try to walk the route from wherever we're coming in the building, usually equipment unload, wherever that is, to the warm-up zone, um, trying to find out where the warm-up zone is, taking a look at the warm-up zone to know which way do I need to set the ensemble up facing in the warm-up room so that way we can get out of the warm-up room easy because the the biggest thing with the warm-up room to remember is that uh, you go in as another group is coming out and it's it's really easy to get twisted around coming out of the warm-up room so I always try to find it early and figure out which way to set up in order to get us out of the warm-up room in the order that we need to and then figuring out what that path is from warm-up to your performance venue your performance gym my personal take, just because I, I know, at least in my experience, kids get freaked out um, if we don't talk about this. If you do come out of the gym or the warm-up room in the wrong order, you have half the gym before they say go to fix those things. So don't... I, ne I never try to let the kids freak out about we're in the wrong order. We, Not worth we got, it. Yeah, Not we worth got it. half a gymnasium to flip it around. Yeah. It's really not a big deal. It might be embarrassing, uh, and I, you know, I can't deny that. But <laughs> it's always more embarrassing to be a mess than it is to just flip around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then 
as you're walking this whole route, it's great to be thinking about what your widest instrument is, what your tallest prop is. Um, I've had, like, like I said previously, between different props, girders or wide marimbas with allophones or whatever, uh, maybe like a center door beam is going to be what keeps you from easily getting to the show on time and how, you know, how inconvenient, or maybe your prop's not going to fit. You have to suddenly deconstruct and then reconstruct a prop in the middle of your route to the floor. And really just like a tape measure, bringing a tape measure along with you and double checking these things or being aware of them can really save you several minutes on this travel time and like a huge hassle for your parents and for your students. Mm-hmm. It's especially important with drum set carts. Um, I've actually been part of a performance in an ensemble when I was marching where we couldn't get the drum set cart through the doors. So you had we had to take the entire drum set apart, get the cart and everything through the door, and then set it back up. And when Wonderful. you crunch for time, that's not an easy process. And that's really, yeah, I think as a student, that's just something hard to get over before your show, really. Absolutely. As you're going, you've prepared yourself for the whole route. You've made it from the truck to the warm-up. Really, the the newest thing for a lot of first-time students or first-time instructors is you don't have a whole lot of time to get your kids mentally and physically ready for their show in warm-up time. That's the biggest difference, I think, between marching band and indoor you know think back to your marching band season which ended a couple months ago but most of your show show warm-ups end up being somewhere between 30 minutes and 45 minutes um in general sometimes even longer if there's not a specific warm-up area or a specific warm-up rule um but an indoor depending on your class uh you've got 18 20 or 22 minutes if you're an a class group Um, which the overwhelming majority of ensembles are A-class groups, you've got 18 minutes. Um, And part of what I do, not just as a director, but what I do with my students is kind of walk them through and walk myself through how am I using those 18 minutes. Um, When I'm riding the bus to the show, I'll pull out my my schedule and look at my warm-up time and my move time, um, and I'll go through... And go, all right, so I want to do a run of the show. Let's just say you're at four minutes and 15 seconds. You got the whole show on. You're about 4.15, 4.30. So you got to take that time out of your warm-up. You got to take a minute to get out of the room because as you're ending, the next group is starting. So you don't you don't want to leave early, but you also don't want to leave start leaving right on time because then you're eating up somebody else's warm-up time and we're going to be respectful of everybody and other groups um so you're looking at roughly five to five and a half minutes right there um you're looking at a minute to get into the room um put you at about six you gotta figure it takes a minute or two to get the ensemble set up let alone get in the room but get set up so you're looking at seven minutes out of 18 minutes already taken care of and then you're going to want some sort of warm-up, uh, whether that be hacking or an ensemble warm-up or a sectional warm-up of some sort. Um, when you're looking at it, an 18-minute warm-up, my typical chunk time for show chunks is roughly six minutes um, to get the kids set up for that. So that's something that you 
will want to think through for yourself and even talk your students through because again the warm-up area is where they can get the most freaked out because they're not used to having to quote unquote warm up fast especially since their last experience was a marching band warm-up you know sometimes i have the I try to talk to the kids beforehand so that we can just have some sort of a matched attitude and agree upon how we're going to present ourselves really from the truck up until after we perform. And a lot of times, sometimes they don't agree, but I try to talk them into making it to where it's necessary talking only trying to keep like jokes to a minimum. You know, sometimes like especially younger groups, it's hard to just keep them reeled in and because nervous situations, a lot of times they like to get funny or like they'll, their nerves will come out as silliness. And that can just be a huge distraction. And uh, I think really that mindset has helped a lot of students either meditate through the process or m at least mentally and individually prepare themselves for shows. The more we can do to help them channel their nervous energy by walking them through the, the venue or the site or whatever. Um, we were, last weekend, again, we were the first group on at the show, first group on period. So we, we walked into the gym and just took a look at the gym and just, just showed them like, hey, it's, it's not big. There's going to be a few more people than there are right now, but it's not big. It's not much bigger than the band room we rehearse in. You guys got nothing to worry about. Just take a deep breath and let's go. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's a, that's a great idea. Another large important part about this and something that I didn't get until years and years down I felt of, uh, of being a teacher, being a coach, whatever, is like the air about you as you go through this whole process with your kids. The attitude that you carry on your own and how, that, how easily contagious that is for your students. And it's really hard to remember or hard to realize how fragile some of your younger students are, especially in this uh, kind of like pretty stressful moment for them, especially if it's their first show. To me, I think being positive throughout the whole ordeal is just a huge thing that can be in your arsenal, something that can really uh, keep your kids in a great mood, keep the stress low and keep the nerves at bay. As instructors, we get wrapped up in what we've got to get done so often that I know, especially like Rob said, in, in our first couple of years, in my first couple of years, it was very easy to get caught up in what didn't go well at the first show that I forgot that some kids are doing this for the very first time um, and they've never experienced an audience this close. In marching band, you know, they've got they've got that shako, they've got that barrier, they've got that you know, whatever in front of them, that 50 feet um, from where they're set up to the audience. But here, you know, they can they can see mom, dad, strangers, boyfriends, girlfriends, sometimes 10 feet away from them, five feet away from them, depending on how small the gym is. Um, and that's that can be nerve wracking for your younger members and even for your older members, because it's not something we do year round. But I do think it is, as Rob said, super important to be positive, you know, regardless of uh, whether they played all their 16 notes in time or not, um, or as well as we know they can. You know, that stuff is important, obviously, but how we handle and encourage kids based on that first show, giving them high fives, telling them congratulations for just making it there. Because for some of those kids and for some of our students, um, Sometimes just getting on the floor, getting off the floor, not getting injured, not getting uh, 
thrown off by anything, not having a bad experience is a victory for them. So I yeah. do think it's super important for us to be positive yeah. with them on the things that are good. And and you know, we'll hit the we'll hit the negative stuff on the next rehearsal day. But in that moment, giving them a big old high five and tell them nice job can go a really long way for their longevity in the program. Speaking about longevity, we plan on releasing one of these frontier podcasts every two weeks. And uh, really, the our whole purpose is please use us as a resource. I know there are tons of students and young educators, old educators, band directors, whatever you are. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about your experiences. Um, what what are your tips and tricks for your first show? What are some things that you've thought of that you don't think that, you know maybe we have not share with us like i said earlier this is a collective we are a hive mind of front ensemble folk yeah speaking of hive mind and and whatnot we want to be we want to put ourselves out there as a resource of of front ensemble education um and one of the things that led rob and i to getting together and doing this is um is that there is compared to wind resources and even drumline resources and whatnot there seems to be a lack of front ensemble resources and it's why um, i'm really excited to um, kind of announce that i've been working on a front ensemble book that is kind of my 13 years of teaching and whatnot at the A-class level and the regional A-level all the way up to the independent world-class level and just taking the things that I've learned from mentors and co-workers and whatnot and put my little twist on and I'm working on that as a as a book, kind of a 101 book geared towards uh, younger front ensemble educators to help them out that is geared out, uh, set to be released sometime uh, in March, just in time for marching band to be to be getting up, and that'll include some like exercises and whatnot, and some some thoughts there. So I'm really excited to be releasing that, and you'll hear more about that on our podcast as well. Um, be sure to check out our Instagram where we'll be posting announcements for our releases, podcast release, and uh, information about ourselves, upcoming events, cool front ensemble things. And that would be front underscore tier, T I E R underscore E D U. Um, feel free to email any sort of questions, comments, concerns to frontiered at gmail.com. That's F-R-O-N-T-T-I-E-R-E-D at gmail.com. And lastly, check out our YouTube page, uh, which is Frontier, T-I-E-R, um, where we will be posting, again, front ensemble videos that... Uh, we find it enjoyable to watch or that we can kind of break down and give you some information on and kind of just see different views of front ensembles that are influencing the activity. Catch you all next time on the frontier. Mm-hmm.